0: This is The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. When you find yourself needing a roof repair and aren't looking for a roofing company, American Shield Roofing and Construction is happy to meet your needs. When dealing with a roofing company, you need a roof contractor who is dependable, who can arrive on time, and provide you a quality new roof in a timely manner. Our goal is to present you with honest, accurate information, quotes, and estimates. Call us at 361-343-7018 or visit us at americanshieldroofing.com. Proud title sponsor of the 2021-2022 Victoria Advocate Varsity Cup Awards. Welcome in to episode 22 of The Grid. I'm your host, Sam Fowler, the assistant sports editor at the Victoria Advocate. Joined with me to, right now is Jeremiah Sosa, sports reporter. Later on, we'll be joined by Mike Foreman. there's a big week, Jeremiah. East has its new head coach. We'll get on. We'll touch on that. The prodigal son, Bailey Zappi, returned home as his jersey was retired. We'll touch on that. Jeremiah was there. We also have East West basketball. The El Campo boys—they look really good. Mike Foreman will be with us for that a little bit later. And we've got plenty, plenty more to talk about. But we want to hear from you. Make sure to get in touch with us either through Facebook, Twitter, or email. We've already heard from some of you. Someone, some people have called about the Memorial Stadium episode a couple weeks back. We'll talk about that as well. Facebook, you can get in touch with us either through the Victoria Advocate Facebook page or the Advo Sports page. Twitter, our handles at Advo Sports. And the email, if you want to get in touch with us, is sports at com. Let's get to the big news. Broke late last week. Charlie Reeve, he's going to be the new head coach for Victoria East replacing Roland Gonzalez, who announced his retirement after the 2022 season. Jeremiah Reeve comes with a background played at Victoria High. He's a local boy who was able to go out and kind of make his name elsewhere. And now he's coming back. It seems like East got its guy. You got to talk to Reeve. You got to talk to... Athletic Director Spencer Gantt, who who wanted to make sure it was a home run hire, it seems like Gantt got the home run hire he wanted. Yeah, you know, just talking to uh, you know uh, Athletic Director Spencer Gant, you
1: know for 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 the story on Reeve, you know he just sounded like super excited, like you know this was the guy that that he had been waiting for. Um, you look at uh, Reeve's uh, resume; he's you know coached on the D one level at Texas State. Um, he's he's you know he was a tight ends coach for a few years at UTSA. Um, he he was under tom herman at uh university of houston for for a short time and then you know he he went back to a high school you know where he was last at new caney um you know where where they had one of their best seasons last last year 11 wins um and you know it's just it's just one of those guys that you look at his resume you look at what he's done it's somebody that can come in come into the you know the titans program and you know try to try to turn things around you know uh, for the better um you know talking to Reeve after you know after the news was made official he's he just Seemed really excited, you know, really uh really, really excited to get to work with the guys and, you know, just uh, you know, happy to be returning to Victoria, you know, after
0: after his uh playing days at Victoria High. Reeve, obviously coming from a coaching background as well, his father coached Victoria High while he was there. Reeve played quarterback there under him. You know, that's just a football family. They know the game. They they love the game and and when you're looking for one thing I was talking to with Gantt before, you know, I, I was trying to see who they were going to, what kind of guy they were going to go after, and obviously they wanted some local flavor, but when it's, when East has been kind of stagnant in terms of progress over, over the last few years, still enduring that playoff drought the dates back to Bailey Zappi, you know, sometimes you want to get some new blood, but, you you know, you need someone who's going to connect to the kids, and, who better than someone who grew up in this town and played football in this town and then went on, played junior college ball in Mississippi, went to Texas State. As you said, you listed where he was able to coach at the D1 level. I mean, as a, as a grad assistant and a student assistant at Texas State, all of that. He went out and he was an OC at New Caney with, with his brother Travis. You know, that checks all the boxes. You know, someone who can come in improve themselves someone who's hungry like that and someone who can also connect with the kids on on a deeper level and i'll be in my opinion i think it's a great hire i really think it's a great hire just because we've seen we've seen what the reed family can do what what travis was able to help do in Quero, what you know, what they've done in New Caney. I mean, New Caney just went 11-1. and That's the most wins in school history. That's a team that when I grew up in the, in the Houston area, we would play New Caney. Oh, hey, there's a win. Now New Caney's uh, under under Travis has been really good, and part of that's been Charlie as the OC. There, there's a chance that New Caney is not Victoria East in the sense that I think Victoria East is so much more athletic than than New Caney. He's getting a bunch of athletes. He's inheriting a team of athletes. This is this is going to be really really good for East. Let's keep it on East football. Bailey Zappi returned home on Monday for the Victoria East football banquet. His number was retired. He was able to talk to the crowd. He talked to you, Jeremiah. I mean, what a year for what a year for Zappy! I mean, he gets drafted and then gets it's his rookie year with the with the Patriots, and he's thrown into into the fire in one of the most hellacious places to play, Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers, and you know he he handled himself well for a rookie, and you know he came back. He talked a lot about the the honor it means to be recognized like this what was before we get to what what your takeaways were here's here's what zappy said to you and in part of the interview y'all had during the banquet
2: yeah it's just a real
1: feeling to be back here of course in my hometown um surrounded by friends family and people that you know i've really grown up with um you know my entire life and on top of you know, of course, having my jersey retired here, Victoria East, it's it's a dream come true. And you know, as every kid dreams here in Texas, when you're growing up playing youth football leagues, you always dream of playing Friday Night Lights. And to be able to do those things and be able to play Friday Night Lights and be able to have my jersey retired is like I said, a dream come true. And I'm extremely blessed and grateful. And I know this it's been a long journey, but you know, I can I'm hoping it's gonna be even longer one.
0: Jeremiah, he was. He was very grateful, and I'm sure that you know, Bailey's always been a guy who's gonna express gratefulness, very, very humble, very gracious about the opportunities he's been given. I mean, it's been a long road for him going from Houston Baptist now Houston Christian, then to Western Kentucky for a year, breaking records at HBU, Western Kentucky, D1 records at Western Kentucky and so many accolades for him and through it all he's always he's always expressed gratitude for everyone who's been there along the way for him and it it seemed like he was still like that but it also seemed like we saw a little bit of a different it it seemed like things were finally dawning on on zappy where he is in his in his life you know he was still very gracious and and humble about it but you could see him kind of kind of have a little bit of taking in that moment is that kind of what you got from from y'all's talk on monday yeah i mean i'm I'm
1: sure there's like a big change from you know being being a western kentucky quarterback and coming home to you know now being an nfl rookie and you know playing in, playing in meaningful games um you know at the banquet before i was even able to talk to him like it was just like a crowd of people surrounding him just wanting pictures and you know through it all he just seemed very very humble he didn't seem like like you know uh like like the nfl was like getting to him or anything he just seemed like a real humble guy and you know just talking to him he 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 was really reflecting on you know his his time at victoria East where you know he he took the team to you know the the quarterfinals in 2016 and you know how he um how he had always wanted to play you know uh for uh, Victoria East and you know he, he got that chance and you know he made the most of it you know obviously mentioning how he he only had one offer out of out of victoria East to to HBU and he kind of made made the most of that as well you know going going to western Kentucky like you said and you know just just grinding his way to the NFL and, you know, look, looking back at this season of of everything that he's accomplished, uh, you know, going in as a third string quarterback um, and, you know, coming out uh, in the middle of the season, some people were actually like uh, kind of making arguments uh, of him being, being the starter over Mac Jones and, you know, just seeing a guy from Victoria to, to, you know, be able to do all that he's done. I think it's, it's a real, uh, you know, testament to his character. And I think it, it really gives hope to you know some of these other players who aren't really recruited uh you know out of this area as much as you know the other guys um and you know it was just it was just cool to talk to him and just to see you know where his head's at after his rookie season and yeah he was a real
0: uh, real cool guy to talk to you mentioned the you know the people making the case for him to potentially start over Mac Jones you know obviously his focus is turned to now his focus is turned to hey Getting ready for his second season where undoubtedly he's probably gonna be he's likely gonna at least be the backup. Do you get to talk to him about his goal? You got to talk to him about, you know, kind of his goals a little bit about uh this upcoming season, talking to him. You know, what what was the biggest takeaway from him and getting prepared for the season? I mean, obviously he's a guy who he's always gonna he's always gonna tell you, Hey, I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do my job. Fits perfectly with the Bill Belichick mantra but you know for him I mean did you get a sense that you know he wants to try and gun he he kind of wants to be the guy uh, or or is it kind of a he's just, he he's still just steadfast in the willing to play whatever part he needs to
1: yeah I think there was a little bit of both there because you know when I talked to him uh, you know separately from you know after he he kind of spoke to the entire crowd he was just saying how you know uh, he's, he's just going to continue to work you know whether he gets his shot you know this year next year and then he said even in 10 years you know if it takes that long, he's just going to continue to work, um, you know, try to try to be the best quarterback that he can be. Um, But, you know, he did kind of mention that, um, that, you know, no matter what it takes, he's just going to continue to work. And, um, and yeah, it's just a, it's just a a cool story for, for a guy like that to, you know, come back, back to Victoria and, you know, say all those things. But he did mention that he was going to be in Victoria for, for a little bit and then he's going to go back to, to, you know, Foxboro and train and, you know, Dallas and, you know, Trained train with some NFL wide receivers, so you know he's he's going to continue to work. And I think you know if he if he just stays with that mindset that he's had
0: that he's you know carried up to this point, then you know he'll eventually get a shot as a starter. Bailey Zampi back in Victoria. We're going to take a quick break. And hear a word from White Trash Services, and then we're going to talk East West basketball. And a great great day for East, and well, not a great one for West. <laughs> I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services. What is it, and, and, and what do y'all do?
2: Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off of companies.
0: And you know, y'all are y'all are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor? Uh, All all high school sports throughout the Victoria area.
2: High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character. teaches them about right and wrong. uh, How to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football.
0: And how can someone get a hold of white trash services to start their service, rent a roll off, or apply to be a part of your team?
2: You can give us a call at 361- five five zero one eight two six i have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen so give us a call anytime eight to five during the day and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things
0: welcome back into episode 22 of the grid presented by american shield roofing and construction llc it's time to talk some basketball, Jeremiah. Second, second part of the crosstown rivalry, and it was another clean sweep for East. They got it done, quote unquote, on the road. It's, I mean, they're still in Victoria. They're playing in a hostile environment at West, but you know, you you make a short fifteen minute bus ride. That can't, you you can't necessarily constitute that as a road game, but it still counts as one on the schedule. Big game for the East girls as they're trying to they're trying to lock up a zone a zone title and an automatic spawn into the playoffs. They score a season what was it a season high of seventy eight points and in a very lopsided victory what was it seventy eight to seventy eight twenty five I mean they just they just ran away with with that one. West didn't do a great job shooting, but you can't give. A really good East team like that, that many opportunities, you know, seems like this East team believes it can go, they can win the zone easily and and even challenge Vets or Flower Bluff for the outright district title. I think it's going to be Vets. I got to go back and look. So no one quote me on that. I know those two have been going back they've gone back and forth over the years, but you know, it seems like they can compete with those two, and those are, whoever they get is a very, very tough opponent, but it seems like this team believes they can do it. They've played really well. Sanaya Randall, big game from her. East, this seems like one of the better East teams we've seen in, in, in
1: a little while. Yeah, you know, just you know, covering uh, the Lady Titans week after week, you just kind of look at their roster and, you know, look, look at how the way they play, and their team really has no holes. I mean, you, you look at you know, the point guard and shooting guard position, you know, they have, you know, Sanaya Rando and Avery Valentine who are quick, they can get some steals. And then, you know, you look at the post players, you know, KK Cleveland, Cameron Jackson, and Ariel Haas, you know, they 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 really pose a big, you know, you know, matchup problem for a lot of teams that they play just because, you know, there's there's not a lot of teams that can, you know, kind of, you know, play with them in the post. And you look at, you know, shooters, Nevea Sanchez and you know, Avery Valentine, she shoots the three ball as well. So, you know, it's just a real, real deep team that you know doesn't really have any holes. And you know, it showed yesterday against West. You know, be- be- beating uh you know the Lady Warriors by fifty three points, and you know it was just a dominating performance from them. You know, from from the start of the game. I do I think it was the third quarter. They had a twenty three to three run, and you know that was just uh, that was just bad for 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 you know the Lady Warriors. And I was talking to uh you know Christina Rankin Williams, uh, West's head coach after the game, and you know she kind of mentioned just that matchup problem with, um, with uh with east post players they just didn't have an answer for for them and you know it, i think if if east can, can you know continue this you know high level play that they've been on and you know not not having any unforced turnovers i think they can really be a threat to any anybody um like like sam said uh you know on the, on the other side of the zone so i think this is a real good uh east team and i think you know uh, Yolanda Wimbish North is, you know, coaching up good, and I think she's, you know, having them on the right track for for the playoffs.
0: Then, East picked up its its the East boys. They snapped a three game losing streak with a seventy to fifty nine win over West at West. Another big game from Caden Williams. Twelve points, twelve rebounds for him. The thing about this, Jeremiah, that put. East into third place. They're they're on record they're tied with West at two and three each. But because East has now won both of those games, basically West has to win out and with with three games remaining, and East has to lose one. So this this puts East right back into the thick of the playoff picture. And, you know, it kind of the thing I talked to the, uh, I talked to Caden and, and Nigel Prater, who also had finished in double figures with 10 points for the Titans, was trying to avoid that slump that they went into. Because this is not an easy schedule for either East or West. I mean, so they play each other, and then the next game for each team is against Miller, and Miller is head and shoulders above a lot of the teams in this zone. But then you've got a team like GP who's really good. You you got to see what West and GP last week. You know, the this zone's not not a slouch at all. It, it, it's, everyone's a tough out. But for East now, I mean, you look at what... Alf Almansa's done. I mean, it just it just took one win for him. Now they've got some belief. What can this win do for a team that's trying to cement itself as a playoff team in Almanza's first year?
1: Yeah, I think it could do a lot. I mean, uh, you look you look at that last game uh, where East beat West. You know, the, I think the next two games East you know they they didn't really play well at all following that win, just because it was a you know big rivalry win. I think after after the second time around beating west i think they're a little bit more mature and they could kind of realize that you know they need to to like you said you know win out just to kind of give themselves a chance to you know get, get in the playoffs and you you look at the job that uh, coach Almanza has done you know obviously uh you know had some struggles in in the zone but before that you know they were they played pretty well against you know uh you know outside the district so i think if he can kind of get back uh, of of what they were doing successful earlier on in the season and kind of use that against uh against you know these next few teams i think um you know he can possibly you know get them uh get them a
0: chance to you know get in the playoffs uh you know once again the other thing for west is i mean they they looked so good they'd won two zone games in a row and they were they looked like they were going to have a ch- a really good chance at possibly challenging for a second spot for the second spot in the zone. Well, now Corpus Christi Ray's right there. And like I said, in order to have any chance, West has to win out. And that's not easy. They've got to go. They've got Miller at home next Tuesday. Then they're on the road at Ray and at GP. And if anyone knows, uh, West should be able to handle Ray. They played they played Ray really really well, and if they stick to their identity, they'll be fine. But going and playing GP at home and, and head coach Cody McDonald will be the first one to tell you that's where GP is a totally different team. I mean, that West squeaked out a win against GP the first time, but now going down there to Gregory Portland will be even tougher. So West has an uphill battle, whereas it's a little bit easier for East. I mean, it, it's it's shaping up for a fun finish in the North Zone for the boys. Uh, Miller still, like I said, head and shoulders above there, unbeaten in zone play, I think. And so w- that's going to be a fun story to follow over the next few games. There's only three games left. I can't believe the basketball season's already almost into the postseason. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to hear a message from Thrivent Financial. Then we'll come back on the other side. We'll talk to Mike Foreman, go over some listener uh, comments about Memorial Stadium. Also, we'll talk some swimming and diving. Also, the El Campo boys basketball team playing really well again, and they they look superb. We'll get that on the other side of this break. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent financial advisor Carly Herrick works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. Welcome back into episode 22 of The Grid, now joined by sports editor Mike Foreman, who has been a busy, busy man over the, over the last few weeks. A couple weeks ago, you were out at the El Campo uh, District Swim Meet. It was El Campo, Bay City, Palacios, a, a number of teams there, but the story out of there is the El Campo swim teams. We talked about them benefiting from the addition of a class four A and certainly it looks like that I helped them out a lot. Uh, they win, they win district titles. Has a team at the, at the meet and now they're getting sent to compete for the regional meet. Uh, I think it's this week. And you know, Mike, you look at that. I mean, everything came to fruition for them. How has El Campo been able to really? make the most out of this this new phase in swimming and diving
2: well i think uh the main thing is that the drop to 4a they realize now that they have a legitimate shot at not only going to state but at actually uh placing at the state meet and uh, i'm sure morale wise that had to do a, very, a lot for them. Um, they they have it this week, like you said, they'll be swimming at the regional meet, uh, which will be at Houston Lamar, um, and uh, they'll they're going to try obviously and qualify as many people as they can for state. But they should be able to to get some individuals and some relay teams out. So um, that'll be good because that way, if they get those people out. They can actually maybe even, you know, place at state. I would think the girls, uh, if they could get a couple of relay teams out, would have a a good chance to score some points at state.
0: Also, we've, you and I have talked about it. We've, we've heard people say how good the El Campo boys basketball team is. You got a chance to see them up close and personal in a win over Belleville. I forgot, I forgot the score already. You told me, but. You know, you you look at you look at what they're doing. I mean, here they go. They they got a chance to make a good playoff run, and now's the time to start peaking. What do you think of the Rice Birds on Tuesday?
2: Well, they do have a really good team. Um, obviously, Oliver Miles and uh, Ladarian um, Lewis are their top two guys. But what impressed me uh, last night was uh, the the other players. They had some guys that. Uh, really stepped up uh they had they had some uh four or five guys that played a a big role in that win uh their true test i think is coming uh friday night when they go to navasota navasota has always had a good basketball team and uh so they can expect a real test they beat navasota i believe by two points at home so they're going to have a test this will be it if they can If they can somehow pull out a win uh, over Navasota, I think that the road to an undefeated district championship is really there. And the encouraging thing for the Ricebirds is last year they had a good team, but they were in Region 3. And immediately out of the box they played Houston Fur, and they actually only lost by two points. But this year they're in Region 4 and uh that means they don't have to see Yates. they don't have to see Silsby, you know unless you made it of course to the state tournament at that point what difference does it make but that's a very encouraging thing um i think uh coach kevin lewis has done a good job um they uh they do a lot of press um which they take advantage of their athletic ability they're very athletic and um and i i i don't know if people remember uh but uh i don't know if, there's that phone again i don't know if people remember but uh oliver miles was their quarterback and he's very athletic and um and L- ladarian played in the secondary so um i think this could be a very good year a special year for el campo uh, it was kind of funny after the game we were all going out to the trophy case Uh, because we know the last time El Campo won a district basketball championship was uh, 1997. Uh, What we don't know is we believe they may have only won three in the school's history. That's amazing. Um, You know, because you look at the success El Campo has had in football, baseball, softball, but basketball just hasn't been there. Now the girls have won a lot of titles, but Boys basketball has not had a lot of success, so that this is they're trying to do something for the first time.
0: Yeah, and El Campo a lot, of, a lot of success all throughout. You mentioned football, baseball, softball, uh, track as well. I mean, they've, they've always had great athletes in track and field, but yeah, that, that would be that would be huge for for El Campo, especially as I know one thing coach world loves is to have a well-rounded athletic program from top to bottom, not just football. You can sit there be and, and just say, Hey, I want to, I want to have a good football team and blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows football's king, but that's the, the, this might be a rant for another day, but so many coaches certainly think about things like the lone star cup that they want to, they want to win that. They want to have that they're competitive and they want to they want to be the best in everything. So that's certainly one thing that they think about. Now, we we told you we want to hear from you and we if you want to, you can get in touch with us through Facebook, Twitter, email, Facebook get in touch with us with the Victoria Advocate or Advo Sports pages. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Advo Sports and email sports at vincad.com. Now time to, we have heard from, we have heard from people. A lot of people really responded a couple of weeks ago to the, well, let's just call it what it was. We were ranting for, th- for 30 minutes just about on the renovations that are in dire need over at memorial stadium or even just a brand new stadium altogether. I've heard from a number of people, but one person in particular, Gerald Staffney, he gave us a call and told us he agrees 100%, but the one thing that stood out the most was he brought up uh, he brought up, you know, the need for the school board to be more open and transparent. That's something you touched on as well, you know, if 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 this comes up in a bond issue here in the next couple of years yeah they they're, they're going to have to be i mean and the one thing he wanted is he said if it, it he feels if it just stands alone it's just we want to build a brand new complex with a brand new football stadium a track softball baseball fields as well the community should support that, Mike. You've had some time to talk to some people about it, uh, you know, specifically some 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 people on the board. This they're they're trying to figure something out. They want to figure out a way to make Victoria that that kind of a hub. What's been your takeaway as you as you've kind of heard from people, both both of the powers that be and those who. Are just like you and me, taxpayers, and they want to they want to have their voices heard. What what's been the biggest takeaway over these last couple of weeks?
2: Well, it's funny you mention that because uh, today I had to go to the dentist, and uh, as I got in the chair, the first thing uh, my dentist said to me, who is uh, Doctor Gary Miller, great dentist, he was on the school board years back. He said, "What do we need to do about this stadium?" <laughs> <And> I mean. <laughs> It's everywhere. People know. I mean, it. They know that repairs need to be made. I think, like one question he posed that he said was posed to him is: some people just won't let, don't want to say athletics. They want academics too. Um, and I think part of the issue here is convincing people that athletics are part of the overall educational experience, that they're an important part of that. And I think uh, if you can convince people of that, that maybe they'd be more receptive. Um, since, I've, uh, since we talked about this, uh, when I was actually at the uh, swim meet in El Campo, I ran into Palacios Athletic Director Chad Graves, and uh, Chad was telling me they recently passed four bonds in Palacios. One was to build a new high school. Two was to build a uh, to build a, to go into the football stadium. They have turf already, so they're leaving the turf, but they're building new stands, a new press box. They'll do all that. And they'll also have another one for uh, a baseball field and a softball field, which is all turf. And that's done already. Uh, the football stadium should be ready for next season. So, and the high, the high school should be ready. I believe he said it could be the next school year. So, I mean, there's an, an example. Palacios, Texas has gotten it done. So that, to me, says, why can't Victoria do it? And it's just a matter of, like like you said, Sam, the school board being transparent, saying this is what we need, this is how much it's going to cost, this is what we think we can get in return. And then, uh, you know, going out and selling it to the public, and not only that, this is always crucial in bond elections, Picking a good time to do it. Hopefully, uh, uh, if the economy picks up in the next couple of months, that might be, you know, something to look at. But uh, those are the definitely the uh, the the priorities right now.
0: Yeah, and the one you touched on it, I, I went on this rant. I'm, I'm going to save the large part of it, but you touched on it. People say, well, what about academics? And, again, I, I understand that because... Don't get me wrong. I want these kids to be educated. They're, are our future. I'm not. I'm not smart enough to lead us, so somebody else is going to have to. And so, we we have to educate them, uh, and 100. But you build these new stadiums, like I said earlier, it, two weeks ago in that podcast. You build the new complex. You're hosting all these events. All that money, like it was a $35 million bond to build the multi-activity center back in 2017, which failed. There were some, again, that was a transparency issue, but still $35 million for that now, that's a steal. And so you do that, all right, you're making all that money back. Well, you can then, all that money you're getting back and once once you get to a point where, you know, you're you're paying the the loans and all of that, the money that's owed for it. Well, now that goes the money, the surplus, or or however it's divided. I'm not a financial wizard. My wife might be, but that's not me. Either way, some of that money's going back to the school and it's going back to the program. So it's not just an investment in. Ooh, we want our football teams to. Our football teams and our softball teams to in baseball teams to look nice and shiny and 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 fancy. No, it's hey, this is a chance to turn this place into a hub where you're getting those those region three and four finals. Maybe you're getting some of these teams to come here in entire towns. I mean, we you we've seen it. Refugio and China, you could have robbed either town for for the 2021 meeting hell you probably could have you probably could have even robbed the town for this year's meeting i mean it's it's something that's needed and i hope and it seems like the wheels are turning so there's a little bit of there's a little bit of hope to that as well
2: yeah i just wanted to bring up something that uh i found out uh last night actually uh uh, three, our two of our area coaches and one who used to be in the area uh, earned some honors this year, and uh, that is uh, Jason Herring at Refurio, Jared Picoch at Cuero, and former Cuero coach, he's now at New Caney, Travis Reed, were all honored by the Texas High School Coaches Association for being uh, regional coach of the year. So a great honor for them. Um, I think uh, what they did this year speaks for itself. I mean, you look, you know, Jared Peacock coming in his first season, going to the semis, uh, Jason Herring taking that very young team to the state final, and, of course, Travis Reeve, what he did in New Caney with a school record 11 wins. wins—that That's incredible. Um, and I know Charlie Reeve, who you – you talked about Sam. Um, Charlie can vouch for it. He was part of that at New Caney, so uh, we just want to pass along uh, congratulations uh, to those coaches.
0: Yeah, and thank you to uh, thank you to Travis for so graciously giving Charlie back to back to Victoria as he's the new East head coach. That will wrap it up here on episode twenty-two of the grade next week we got a busy show plan. There's a lot of stuff going on. We'll get to that. We're, we're trying to iron out a few details, but hopefully we got some, we might have a special guest. We might not. So don't want to promise anything to you, but next week we'll have plenty to talk about. We want to thank our sponsors, our title sponsor, American shield roofing and construction, LLC, white trash services, and Carly Herrig with Thrivent financial for sponsoring the podcast without them. It would not be possible. Also, like I said, we want to hear from you. Facebook, Twitter, email. Also, make sure to like, follow, and share this podcast. That way you don't miss any coverage from the leader in sports coverage in the Crossroads region. Well, for Mike Foreman, Jeremiah Sosa, I'm Sam Powell. Thanks for listening to The Grid.